Hello and welcome to Evolve and Align. I'm your host, Leah Michelle. I'm an energetics coach and self-love guide who is here to encourage and empower you to live a life that feels good for you. Come with me on this journey into designing a life aligned with your highest true self. We will be chatting all things business, health and wellness, energetics, the highs and lows of being human, and so much more. I'm here navigating this life just like you. So let's learn to evolve and expand together. If you are ready to live a life aligned by your own design and to evolve into your true self, let's dive in. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to share something super special and super exciting with you and introduce you to Aligned Energetics, the membership. I am empowering you to come back home to yourself, to who you were designed to be before the world conditioned you otherwise, and to move forward into alignment with your true self and desires. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. So let's learn how to be human. Through a lens of human design and many other energetic tools, I am here to empower you to experiment, explore, and evolve through your life and through your business. You will have access to a library of different resources, including recorded masterclasses and trainings, exclusive audios and podcasts, journal prompts, and all of the juicy goodness that is added every single month, including live calls and live trainings. And the best part is that you have access to a community of like-minded individuals who are all on the same journey, and you can connect and create and make magic together. So join us in Aligned Energetics. Link is in the show notes. And now let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Evolve and Align. Today, I have another super special guest on the show, and this is such a special episode because my guest today is my friend Kat Tannenberg, and Kat and I actually met because we were in the same network marketing company, and I've met her a few times in person. She is the most amazing human being with the most beautiful soul. So I'm so excited for you to jump in on our conversation. And we are talking about the menstrual cycle. But we dive really deep and we talk about human design. We talk about all of the things So I'm super excited to have you join us in this conversation. And I'm so excited for you to meet Kat. So Kat is a holistic life coach who is on a mission to guide women back to their most authentic selves. She combines menstrual cycle coaching, human design, and classical life coaching techniques to teach her clients that it's okay to be different 
it's okay to change and that it's safe to reclaim their true self. Kat believes that the world needs more women to stand in their truth and embody all parts of themselves. This is magical. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. So let's dive in. Hello, Kat, and welcome to Evolve and Align. I'm so, so honored and grateful to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to start this conversation. It's going to be so juicy. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. (laughs) So for everyone who doesn't know you yet, why don't you just give us a little bit of a background on who you are? I obviously did a short little introduction, but yeah, just describe yourself, what you do, what you're passionate about. I am a human being, not a human doing. (laughs) That's like the perfect segue. That's who I am. (laughs) I have to say one thing quick. Um, I know this episode won't come out for a while, but I'm doing a free challenge right now. And I literally just said that line. No way. In my challenge today. Yeah. And I've like, I don't, I've never really said it before. So I just had to say that. (laughs) Synchronicity. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I love that. (sighs) Well, I'm Kat. I am a menstrual cycle coach, a human design reader. And by the time this podcast episode is going to launch, I am also a life and mindset coach. It's very exciting. And for me, all of these pieces are connected together because what I'm really passionate about is guiding women back to themselves and back to that authenticity that lies within all of us. So embodying our feminine, our masculine, all parts in between, learning to live in sync with our cycle and learning to live in sync with our human design and like all the beautiful pieces and bringing it all together. Yeah, I love that. And I know... um... I'll link this in the show notes, but I was on Kat's podcast a few weeks ago. So I'll link that episode for you guys to listen to. We talked a lot about human design, but today I really wanted to talk about the menstrual cycle, about women's cycles, because it's been a big topic for me in my life lately and for like, obviously my whole life, but something that I'm very much getting in tune with. So that's what I really wanted to talk about today. So I'd love to know, Kat, what inspired you to become a menstrual cycle coach among all the other things? But I know like when I first saw you do that, because we knew each other before, I was like, wow, that's, it's so different. So what inspired that? It is so different. And oh my God, you're saying like amongst all the other things, I'm like, (laughs) someone might think I'm a manifesting generator. (laughs) But I'm a projector. Anyway. Human design is what led me to discover the cycle realm and everything that comes with cycle syncing and living as a cyclical being. So I remember on being on a coaching call and just telling my coach about this consistent pattern that I was in about being burnt out and trying to do everything that I was being told to do, but nothing was working for me. And just explaining it to a detail to her. And she asked me the question, like, have you ever heard about human design? And I said, no. And she she said, like, oh, I think you should look it up. I have a feeling you're a projector. Lo and behold, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then for those who might not know, being a projector is all about learning to work more in shorter bursts and taking time to rest and replenish and time to play and kind of get 
super into whatever the topic is that is currently inspiring you. So coming out of that masculine focus in my life and like always doing, doing, doing and trying to do more and be more, it was quite the adjustment to kind of tap more into that feminine being and allowing myself to rest more. And as I was kind of playing around with starting to embody that, a friend of mine recommended that I should read the book In the Flow by Alyssa Vitti, which is all about cycle syncing. Mm -hmm. And I was 31 years old, I think, if I remember right, um, at that point, 30 or 31. And I had never heard about the fact that the menstrual cycle has four different phases. Mm-hmm. And I remember being mind blown. I re- I had been off birth control for two or three years at that point. Because, um, yeah, I spent most of my life on hormonal birth control and it messed me up, which is a different story completely. But I still, and my cycle was regular, but I had no idea about anything like related to my cycle. I, did, I thought that, oh, the only thing about my cycle is that I have a period every 28 or so days and then I bleed for a few days and that's it. Mm-hmm. And like, I knew that ovulation was a thing, but I didn't even really understand that. So then for me, it was like mind blowing that how can it be that I'm 30 years old and I've lived my whole life not understanding my cycle, which is so integral to me being a woman. And I was like, that can't be it. So naturally kind of I started to share about what I was learning because it was just so fascinating to me and just starting to like share about all the experiences I was having and people were really interested in it like the more I talked about it the more people were like whoa can you like teach me more can you tell me more so it really was like this work found me (laughs) instead of me like finding it And the more I started to share about it, the more I was like, whoa, this is really cool. And I really love this. And I actually really love guiding women to reconnect to their cyclical nature and kind of tap more into that feminine and the being. And yeah, I started looking into different certification options and kind of what I can do around it. I took some courses myself. I read tons of books Mm -hmm. and now I'm um, doing my certification to become a certified menstrual cycle coach through cycle coach school with Claire Baker, which has been an incredible experience. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love like so much of that talks about your human design. And it's funny because when we knew each other before in our past lives in network marketing, you were (laughs) the complete opposite of what I would think a projector is. (laughs) Right. And yeah. So it's, I love that human design guided you here, but also I think like syncing with your cycle and living with your, the different phases of your cycle, how has that helped you to embody more of your projector self? Oh, well, to me, they're really both intrinsically connected because, and this is my interpretation of being a projector. It's, it's really a kind of tapping more into the feminine. And I'm talking not, not about like, male and female but I'm talking about the archetypal energies of feminine and masculine where masculine is more the doing it's more the like wanting to get things done it's the logical it's the critical thinking and then the feminine is more the allowing life to guide you and just being present in the moment and the intuition and kind of that so I feel like as a projector we are meant to use our feminine side to guide other people and also to guide ourselves so that we can recognize ourselves first 
Yeah. But the, how the, the way that cycle syncing has helped me here is it's really just allowed me to connect to my feminine. Because the thing is that also cycles itself is a feminine archetypal energy, like the cyclical yeah. being, like the moon and the seasons, etc. So allowing myself to live in a cyclical manner and understanding that, okay, I'm not going to be the same day in and day out has really allowed me to tap into the projector essence. Because as a projector, some days I can work many hours and, you know, produce like a generator, but other days I am sleeping the whole day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then using my cycle framework and kind of understanding also how my hormones work, I have noticed that there is a connection between the two. Like when I am in the second half of my cycle, I am noticing that I'm more in that resting phase and more in that part of the projectorness. And then in my first half of my cycle, I'm more in the the doing and the producing and the outward focus. So it's like really using that cycle framework to then tap into my human design. Yeah, that makes sense. And so for people like me, who I'm not a projector, I'm a Manny Gen, like how would you kind of explain cycles for those people or people like if we're not talking about human design like just for women's cycles and opening up that conversation like how would you describe that for those people you know what I mean for generators and manifesting generators I always still it's kind of using the same framework during the first half of your cycle really focus on the doing and like focusing your energy on the things that really light you up so that you can generate more energy because you're naturally already your cycle is promoting that you have more energy like your estrogen is up so use that to your advantage so that you can really create and use that sacral energy and then during the second half of the cycle maybe just slow down a little bit so that because you still you still need rest as well like you know it's 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 just not as intense as for a projector. So that's, you know, it's still using that same kind of framework, but then tapping into your strengths, which is creating and using your energy and lighting people up. Mm-hmm. But then for women in general, it's just, I first of all, I like the, the question I like to ask someone, I actually recently got a manicure and she asked me like what I do. And I was like, I'm a, I'm a menstrual cycle coach. And she was like, cool. So tell me more about that. And I, I just asked her, I was like, well, have you noticed that you act and feel different during different parts of your cycle? And she was like, yeah, I do. And she was like straight away referred to that, like the crazy bitch before the, before my bleed yeah. starts. I was like, well, uh, yes and no. I was like, well, but that's what I teach women. I teach them to actually understand the different phases of the cycle I like to mainly use um the seasonal framework and the archetypal framework and the seasons is it's really easy to understand you know we have the four seasons in nature and do you feel the same in the winter than you do in the summer like no you don't mm-hmm. it's very different no. energies <laughs> in the winter we hibernate in the summer we want to be spending time outside outwardly focused socializing doing you know like all that kind of energy Well, we have those same seasons in our menstrual cycle. So for instance, I'll kind of break it out quickly, but day one of your cycle is the first day of your full bleed. So not just the spotting that some people tend to have before your period arrives, but the actual full bleed, that's day one. And then the first week of your cycle is your winter. It's your menstruation phase. So it's all about kind of resting and replenishing and looking after yourself and hibernating and connecting to your intuition and getting guidance and things like that. 
then we move into our inner spring so that's about cycle day 7 to 13 and just like an inner spring you know it's like that energy estrogen is starting to rise and we're kind of feeling the rise of energy and we're feeling like okay I'm ready to leave my period cave and kind of start to be more social and my like creativity is sparking and I want to be outward focused more than focusing on myself <laughs> But then the problem with spring energy is that we can easily overshoot. Like we think yeah. like, okay, like I'm ready to go. And we try to do too much too soon. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then we move into our inner summer. So cycle day 14 till about 21. So it's around ovulation and a little bit of like the, the post ovulation as well. And again, similar to kind of summer, we're very outward focused. We're in the very doing phase. It's all about putting yourself out there, having like, launching things socializing doing caring for others nurturing like your projects and your family and your friends and really that outward focused energy towards others and nurturing and caring for them whether that's projects or humans and then we move into the final phase which is our inner autumn which is day 21 ish till 28 ish and everyone experiences these differently right so that's the mm -hmm. beauty of like starting to connect to your own cycle but then the inner autumn is we're starting to, the outward focus is starting to kind of get lowered and it's more about turning inward. So just again, like in autumn, you know, we're probably like when autumn, I was like, oh my God, thank God, autumn is here. Summer was intense. Like I couldn't have continued any longer like that. Too much socializing. <laughs> so then we want to kind of start to be more inward focused. We want to have those cozy nights in. We want to like harvest all the seeds that we've planted and kind of bring things to completion so that we can then prepare for winter so that's a, this is the cyclical framework of our cycle in a really easy way like I could go way more into depth about all of it but that's basically how I like to teach women and just helping them understand that yeah you're not the same day in and day out and it's okay to be different during different phases of your cycle mm -hmm. and I love how you explain it because it just it makes so much sense like you said, um, I didn't know either that we had different phases. I knew it from learning about just being a woman in nursing, mm -hmm. but we talked about it for maybe a day, maybe mm -hmm. like one short little unit about the reproductive system. Yeah. But I didn't really like connect it with myself, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because so the question that you were saying you asked, um, you ask people about like, do you yeah. notice that you're different during different phases of your cycle? I I never noticed that until I was asked that question. Until I thought about it. Yeah. So that's interesting to me because when I reflect back on that, like somebody um, did ask me that something similar to that mm -hmm. when I was talking about my cycle, birth control, that kind of stuff. And I was just like, I feel like I never like I was always the same like I felt mm -hmm. very masculine and very in that sort of energy because I think like we live in such a man's world we do <laughs> it's so we interesting and, uh, like, and I like yeah go ahead <laughs> and I feel like that's half of the reason why we have such a negative connection to that pre-menstrual inner autumn and even menstruation because it is more of the feminine energy of our cycle like literally if we broke the cycle up into two the first half of our cycle is more the masculine energy the second half is more the feminine energy but we live in such a masculine word world that 
really promotes the doing, the being, the socializing, the putting yourself out there, the da -da 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 -da, all those things. So then when our bodies literally promote us to be in the feminine, we resist it because we've been taught that that's lazy or unproductive or like there's something wrong with you. It's just so mad. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah, so I'm going to bring up birth control. We sort of talked about this before, but I want to give a disclaimer to everyone that I'm not saying that hormonal birth control is a bad thing. It's like I had been on it for almost 15 years, I believe. And I talked about this on a previous episode too, but I've been on it for a long time and it served me very well, like during that time. And I needed it for a reason, but again, like I wasn't connected. I didn't know anything about cycles and getting off of it. I've just recently got off birth control about just over a month ago. And I was so scared to do that because of that fact of like, I was just so scared of connecting to my body, I think. And like, I was just wondering what your thoughts are on that and like what you, not what you think about birth control, but like about just yeah. the conditioning around hormonal, hormonal birth control around our cycles, sort of what we were talking mm -hmm. about just now, but like going a bit deeper into that. I just, first of all, want to say that you're not alone. It's such a common fear for women. And it's, again, it's like a fear that gets pushed into us that, oh my God, but you need to be on hormonal birth control because otherwise you're, you're, you're like, you're going to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And it's like such a fear that gets pushed onto us. And I'm the same as you, you know, I do believe that birth control has a time and a place, especially, and you know, it's probably allowed women to do a lot of things that we weren't able to do earlier. And it's given us some security, et cetera. But I also believe in informed consent and I do not believe that we have enough information about what hormonal birth control actually does to us, at least like normally, you know, like you can start looking for it, but you don't get told about it when you get hormonal birth control. You don't get told about the fact that it's literally blocking off your female sex hormones and you're not going through a natural cycle. Like the amounts of times women tell me like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I have a regular cycle. I'm on the pill. I'm like, oh, darling, let me break it to you. That's not a real cycle Yeah, because you're not That's actually good. ovulating. No, I did not know that until I don't remember who I heard it from, but until I heard it from something like very yeah. recently, I was like, oh, I thought I did. Right? Even even being a nurse, I did not know that. So yeah. it, there's definitely a system issue, but that's another story. It's I'm not we're that's, not putting blame on anybody for. No, there's definitely. Yeah. Exactly. It's just again, there's it's just like not enough information. Mm -hmm. So with the fact that most birth control and again it's it's different that there is different ones but most hormonal birth control blocks ovulation which is out the main function of a female body in our cycle like some people say like oh the period is the main event but it's actually ovulation because ovulation can tell you so much about your health and whether you're ovulating or not so then if we are on hormonal birth control that is blocking ovulation which is our main like female mechanism it doesn't surprise me that it disconnects us from our feminine again this is not like scientific talk here but this is just yeah. like in my head like logic you know we're disconnecting from the feminine because in a way we are when we're on hormonal birth control we're more on that 24 hour clock the infradian rhythm that 
men are on and that women still have as well but we've blocked off our natural 28 day cycle and some women still experience different seasons and I do believe that it's probably because we're like we're women it's just ingrained into us to be cyclical beings because hormonally we're not going through those changes so yeah I do believe that you know we should learn about it and see what it can do for me personally I had been on hormonal birth control for 12 years and I had been on many different ones um I was on the pill originally I got put put on it mainly to like help with my skin and my PMS which makes me really sad because instead of like looking at what's causing this let's just put a band-aid on it like that's just wrong Mm -hmm. um but again systematical issues that can't be really discussed yeah but (laughs) then I was on the ring which I actually remember preferring the most I don't think it's very common here in Canada but in Europe it is so it's basically for 21 days I just had like a ring inserted in my cervix and that was great but then my now husband and I wanted to go traveling and back then I was definitely not very connected to my cyclical nature because I was like oh my god like having to get the ring or the like pill whilst traveling and like dealing with my period just sounds like the worst thing ever let me just go and find another option So then I went to a gynecologist and I got recommended the hormonal IUD and um, I was told that it was going to be really easy and simple and no like side effects or nothing. And I was like, cool, I trust this person. Um, Even my insertion of my IUD was terrible. I nearly fainted. I felt so violated. And then when I had it removed like five years later, it was like, again, super freaking bad. But my... I don't have proof for this, but it's something I started looking into late afterwards. I started to become really depressed a couple months after getting the IUD. And I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know that that was depression, what I was experiencing. It took me quite a while. It took me opening up to a couple of different people that kind of were pointing me towards some resources. And that's when I then learned that hormonal birth control can have the side effect of causing depression. It's actually one of the listed side yeah. effects. So I was like, oh my God. And that was kind of when I started to learn about hormonal birth control and the fact that it alters the way you smell your partner. I was like, what? <laughs> like, this <laughs> sounds wrong. Yeah. So yeah, there's so much about it. Again, I do believe that there's a time and a place for it. But I do believe in informed consent and I don't think we get enough of it, unfortunately. No. Yeah. And I, again, same reason I was put on it for my skin. Um. And I had some cramp, bad cramping, I guess. But like, I was so young. Who knows what was going on? And even like, I just have so many negative memories around that. Mm-hmm. That like, again, getting off birth control, I was so scared of like, what's going to happen to me? Is it just easier to stay on it to hide mm-hmm. all of those symptoms? But I think it's important to, like you said, like figure out what's actually causing those symptoms rather than covering them up. And it doesn't have to be just related to birth control, any kind of yeah things that we're trying to cover stuff up with. Exactly. Um, any health issues. It's yeah. always our body is talking to us, but whether we choose to listen or not is up to us. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about the birth control piece just because I was telling you before, Kat, the reason why I've learned all of this was from listening to podcasts and listening to people talk about it and just sharing their experience. And I just think 
the informed consent piece, like you said, is so important that even if it's not coming from our doctors or whatever, like there's people that can tell you what's going on. There's, there's a lot more research now on birth control that I've um, sort of dove into a bit. There's women that are doing the research who are doctors, health professionals, researchers, scientists. So that's good. I just want people to know that even if you're on it, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. A beautiful thing or whatever you use. It's serving you for a reason, but there are other ways as well, which I'm discovering and really, (laughs) yeah, learning how to, a big reason why I got off birth control was learning how to connect with my body. And that was from learning about human design to kind of what we were talking about before. And I, I yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of a question here, but when we talk about connecting to our body, like how, what does that mean to you? Cause I, we hear it a lot, right? Like, especially in human design about like listening to your body. And when I heard that before, I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> but now like I'm embodying that learning that. And I wanted to know like, what does that mean to you? And like, how would you explain that to people? It's a really good question. It's yeah. really hard to explain, I find. <laughs> I know. Because it's it's so different for all of us, right? Mm-hmm. It's like our bodies talk to us so differently. Um, I actually had a friend of mine recently on my podcast, and um, she's someone who's gone through a lot of my different offerings. And she kind of actually said that all of those different offerings, so it was like attending my yoga classes, it was going through Become Besties with your cycle and um, having a human design reading, like the common thread that she found in all of my teaching was was that it helped her to connect to her body. Mm -hmm. And I found that really cool. But I, I do believe it's, we're just so disconnected from it or or we're kind of being taught that it's okay. You just don't deal with it. It's going to be fine. That we have lost the little signals, lost being able to listen to the signals that our body sends, whether it's, you know, we're actually tired and we need a rest instead of going out and socializing, or we have been in, in a stressful situation for a prolonged period of time and our adrenals are tired, yet we're still going and working out for hours at a time, seven di- days a week, and mm-hmm. then wondering why we're gaining weight because our body is actually in a consistent stress state, thinking that it's in famine and holding on to all that fat. Again, it's like, it's just those little pieces that we we have forgotten about how to listen to the cues that our body sends us. And I believe that there's different ways that we can connect to our body. And um, it's all about finding what works for you, whether that is yoga or breath work or simply meditation, maybe just starting to ask yourself intuitive questions, like just kind of taking a couple of deep breaths and asking a question, just noticing what comes up intuitively, just small things to help you kind of tap back into you. Mm-hmm. But what would, how would you explain? Yeah, that's such a hard question. Cause again, when I heard that, like I heard it, you hear it all the time, especially mm-hmm. like I've been doing yoga as well for almost my whole life. I would always hear that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> but then when I started diving into human design, I was like, okay, this m- must mean something. <laughs> mm-hmm. But to me, it really, how I think of it is like, 
truly getting out of my mind and like not thinking and just feeling into my body through meditation has been the biggest thing for me. And that's kind of what helped me or helped it land for me. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, our thought, like being able to, when I meditate, I like, like to think of my thoughts as like being in little bubbles. I'm sure people have heard it explained like that. Mm-hmm. And they just like, you see your thoughts and they just are floating around. And that's like, I don't know if you can like paint that picture for yourself, but that's how I think like, okay, I'm out of my mind and I'm just like being in myself and connecting with myself. And it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be through meditation specifically, but that was a way that I helped, it helped land for me and just sort of like living in the present moment as well. Like when I learned about just being present, Mm -hmm. that as well helps me to connect just to who I am and like to feel out my body. Mm-hmm. I also loved uh, someone told me about the, the whole like living in the present. If we live in the past, we become depressed. If we live in the future, we become anxious because we can mm-hmm. can't control either of those, but we can control the present moment and we can't control the things that happen to us but we can control how we react to them. So it's like the, the present moment piece. I think it's really crucial in the connecting back to you. It's not about what could be in the future or what you have done in the past. It's really about where you are now and how that is manifesting for you. Mm-hmm. I love talking about this. <laughs> I love like, <laughs> because our past is important. Yes. And it mm-hmm. created who we are now, but that doesn't, create who we are in the future it's who we are being now that creates whatever is going to happen and it's also who we are now that like allows us to live <laughs> to just be yeah. happy like what you were saying with like if you're thinking too much of the future it creates that anxiety and not saying like that's the only cause of anxiety but of course not yeah no because <laughs> when I heard I did hear that before too and I was like interesting (laughs) but I know some people may think like okay like if I'm just living in the present I'll be completely happy not saying that but just saying like that we have we do have complete control even when it doesn't feel like it it's not easy though no we we do have practice it takes practice and I find it also helps having someone there on your side guiding you and reminding you and kind of bringing you back into that awareness because it's easy to lose the awareness especially when things are happening and it feels like things are just falling apart around you it's easy to fall back into kind of the the blaming the shaming the justifying so then having someone on your side and to remind you like hey you do have some control in a really gentle non-pushy way I find can be really helpful Mm -hmm. I agree with that it's hard it's difficult to do things on your own yeah I've noticed I've tried for many years to do it all alone and I think like finding communities mentors friends anyone that you can connect with on like your journey through everything health personal development all of that is very helpful and I think needed (laughs) yeah And speaking of like living in the present, 
connecting that with our menstrual cycles. This just came to me, but like, how does that land for you? Like, does that like living in the present and connecting with our cycles? How would you think of that? Well, it brings me back to the the tracking your cycle and really when I say tracking your cycle, I don't mean track your period to like know when your period is coming. I actually mean checking in with yourself on a daily basis to see where you're at in your cycle, how you're feeling. It could be something really simple. You know, I have, um, I actually have a free course where I teach about learning to track, but I have this month at a glance tracker where I teach my clients to use that just write down your most dominant thought or experience you had that day, whether it's, you know, oh, I was super bloated or I was super tired. I was exhausted. I was depressed. I was sad. I was really happy or maybe something else. Like I was super inspired, whatever it would be that you would either brag or complain to your best friend about, like write that down and then start to kind of do that month after month. And you'll start to notice the patterns in your cycle. But that is like true presence in your cycle is to check in on a daily basis. Where am I at and how am I feeling? Because yes, we have the archetypal energies of the seasons, but sometimes I have been in my inner summer where I should be super energetic, super creative, super nurturing, but I'm actually exhausted and I have nothing to give. So then by me checking in with myself, I don't like, I don't have that expectation of, oh, but I got to produce right now because this is where mm-hmm. I'm at. It's more like, I don't have that energy right now. I obviously need to nurture myself. Yeah, I love that. And I like how you said that it, even if you're tracking your cycle or you're trying to sort of like live in flow with your cycle, it's not always going to be perfect, just like everything else. Life happens. Life gets not in the way, but like there's all mm-hmm. these external forces that are coming at us that, yeah, maybe we can't necessarily control everything, like you said, but we can control our perspective on it, our reactions to it. So I just like that you mentioned that. Yeah, I think it's super important. And I always teach that, you know, like your experience is going to trump everything. Everything I teach you is kind of like archetypal knowledge. It's like how we may experience it, but you, your experience is going to be completely unique. So don't let what I'm teaching you kind of be like, oh, but there's something wrong with me because that's not how I am experiencing it. Like, no, that's not how it is. You're human. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to have a different experience than I do. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, because we can definitely get caught up in the, oh, it has to be this way with anything that we do, especially even like I've been thinking about that, just starting to be aware of my cycle, Mm -hmm. being like, oh, it's supposed to be this way. But there could be so many other things that are causing it to be different, whether that be like external stressors or internal things related to hormones, Mm -hmm. health, et cetera, that kind of stuff. So it's important to know. And I, yeah, this just made me think like what, when you're talking to people who maybe like are just starting out on their menstrual journey of awareness, like I am, like, what would you suggest to be the first place to start for them and like the best best place to just dive in because it can be a lot and it can be scary and it doesn't have to be for people who are just you know getting off birth control but mm-hmm. even if they're on birth control like what would you suggest for everybody 
Well, I feel like the two things that kind of should be the first two steps and depending on which one aligns with you more, the first one is to start to track your full cycle and your different energy patterns throughout it. Even if you are on birth control, just starting to create that habit of checking in with yourself daily and noticing like, I'm a human being not the human doing (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that should be one of them and the other one would be just to start to educate yourself on the menstrual cycle itself like how does it work what are the different phases what are the hormones how are those hormones affecting me and then starting to get curious about how is this showing up for me so then that kind of connects back to that starting to chart and track your cycle like okay like how how is this showing up for me like am I feeling these archetypal energies or is it maybe different for me so that should be like in my eyes the first two steps is really to kind of start to track and start to educate yourself and there's so many amazing resources out there these days that you can find I mean you can message me I can tell you my favorite books I have some courses myself um I do I'm going to be offering soon one-on-one guidance on this topic as well and there's just there's so much knowledge out there it's just whether you are ready to go and look for it yeah and again like you don't have to go it alone yeah that's what I noticed that's why I probably didn't do anything with what I was learning about a long time ago because you sort of feel like you're alone but you're not there's a lot of every woman is going through this whether they know it or not we're all on that journey at like a different point of the journey yeah we really are and I think it's up to us to really reclaim our cyclical nature and reclaim our connection to our cycle because if we think about it it's pure creative force without a menstrual cycle we would not exist yet Mm -hmm. it's the most taboo topic like no one wants to talk about we're all ashamed of it we all push it down the carpet yet it's like the reason we're on this earth like how does that add up I know I was just like thinking 10 years ago me I would never be talking about this on a podcast or (laughs) even like talking about it to anybody or like especially being younger like we weren't supposed to talk about it I remember when I got my period, I was my first period. I was in grade five, very young. And I didn't tell anybody other than my mom, any of my friends until I was in grade eight. Wow. So, and then all of the girls that I was talking to, most of them were in that same position and we're all like, we were so scared to talk about it. So just yeah. seeing like that evolution in just me personally, and I'm sure that happens probably for so many people. That's why I wanted to talk about this today and share about it and just bring it to light for some people who might not think about it. I was that person and you were probably that person. Exactly. And I know still so many people like, you know, I've recently had an encounter with someone um, who I've met here in town and we ended up being like adding each other on social media. So she saw all my content and um, she ended up like we ended up kind of hanging out at one point and she just opened up like oh yeah I've been seeing what you talk about um like oh I'm on hormonal birth control I've never known anything about it and I'm actually terrified to come home off hormonal birth control because I'm terrified to fall pregnant and like 
it was so beautiful to see her open up about this. And this is why I do what I do. And why I talk about it is because there's so many women out there who are so disconnected from this. So then by me opening up and kind of creating that safe space, it opens up people to come and have a conversation and just be like, get curious about what they are experiencing and that they're not alone and that it's normal. And yeah, it's, um, it's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really shifting. Like we talked about before that this is a man's world, but it's not, it's not anymore. <laughs> and I'm not like putting men down. There just needs to be that balance and women oh, and need to have their place too. Um, but I think that that like talking about our cycles and getting in tune with our cycles is helping to just bring that awareness to everybody too. Like, I don't, I'm curious, like your thoughts on women who like, like me, I'm working a full-time job. Like, how would you recommend us like that type of women who don't, who maybe like, not that we can't live with our cycles, but we are a bit more constrained. Like, how would you recommend it, kind of shifting into that? Take you know it one I mean? step at a time. One step at a time, small bite-sized steps. Um, something that I learned from the Red School founders is the 1% rule. So giving yourself 1% of what you need because then that way you're signaling your body that, okay, like I'm doing this. And then starting to also be aware like where you're at in your cycle. And if you're in that second half of your cycle and you have had some social engagement, but you're really not feeling like it, can you cancel on them? Like, can you just give yourself an evening at home alone, maybe just watching Netflix? Like that could be you connecting to your cycle. And if you can't, you know, take period leave and go into your period K for a couple of days, can you go and have a bath? And just be really present with yourself. Like that 1%, like just starting to ask yourself, what is 1% of what I truly need? And how can I give myself that 1% right now? And then you can start to build on that 1% and it's going to eventually start to snowball. And you'll notice that soon you'll be like, I'm a cyclical being, even with having an, a regular kind of job. Because ultimately you'll always be able to do little slight modifications in your life to to allow yourself to embody that cyclical nature. Mm -hmm. That's something that I've been doing um, with like exercise specifically, because I love to exercise. So I've been trying to work around some of the tips that you gave me about like, you know, doing like the slower movements, yoga, slow walking, like during my period. And then the more higher intensity workouts later in the cycle and trying to work with that because those are like what I can control outside of my work day. So I love that too. And even like the foods you eat, um, it's something that I haven't implemented too much myself, but I know some people really swear by it. Um, and that is like adjusting what you eat to the different phases of your cycle. So when you're in, for instance, your spring and your summer, it's more lighter meals, more vegetables, more fresh food more raw food and then during this like you're in autumn and you're in a winter it's more like stews and soups and kind of hearty meals is that what your body needs I definitely noticed that I do change it a little bit like I notice I crave more fresh vegetables in that first half of the cycle and also like for instance I'm starting an elimination diet here in a couple of days and I'm, I planned it to be in my spring phase because I know my body can handle it better when I'm there I would never do it when I'm on period because my body wants like party meals and beef and things like that you know like 
it's different. So then it's so small things that you, we all have control over still, even if we can't fully plan our life around our menstrual cycle, you know? Yeah. I love that. I've been trying to work with the foods as well. Haven't got there yet. Cause again, you have to take it one step at a time. Cause it's a lot yeah. when you're just learning about it for the first time and implementing it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to note, like take it one step at a time or you won't do any of it <laughs> because yeah. that's why I haven't started for five years. Cause it was like, ah, that's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you take it slowly, step-by-step, the 1% every day. I like that. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love the 1% rule. And um, something else I was actually going to kind of think about earlier when, when you were talking about the feminine and the masculine, the world that we live in, you know, we do need a balance of both of them. We do. And men as well. Like I feel like a lot of men are ignoring their feminine side, but the, maybe if they were to tap into it more, they'd become more balanced in themselves as well. Not maybe for sure they would, Yeah, but it's the same I was on a recent coaching call and my coach had heard from her coach about the concept of, so the feminine and masculine, the feminine is the water. It's the river. It's like going down. And then the masculine is the riverbanks. If we were to lose the masculine, the riverbanks, the water would just go everywhere and it would be chaos. So we do need the masculine to contain that feminine energy. So it's really that it's not like men are bad or the masculine is bad, but we need the balance. And we have that balance built into our cycle. The first half of the cycle is more the masculine energy, the outward focus. And then the second half is the feminine. It's so beautiful that we actually have that engraved into us, that beautiful balance of both of these archetypal energies. Mm, I love that. That's so beautiful. Because, yeah, I think we get really stuck in one or the other in either. Like like I said, I was stuck in the masculine. But then if you get too far into the feminine energy and you're like, oh, it has to be that way. And then you kind of push away everything else. Yeah. But balance. I know a lot of people hate the word balance, but it's one of my favorite words. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Like we need a balance. And it's not balance doesn't mean like a perfect 50-50 of both sides. It just means that there is both sides there. Yeah. And I think we're shifting. Well, we're sh- we are shifting into a new paradigm of more feminine energy. And the more that each and every one of us, men or women, kind of tune into that. And especially women like working with their cycles, I think eventually it will shift into that place yeah. of perfect balance. One day we'll see. We may not see it, but yeah. We are seeing the shift. For sure. There is a huge shift happening and it's um, it's beautiful to witness. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> so you kind of talked about a few of your offers, but I'd love for you to share where people can find you if they want to learn more about menstrual cycle, coaching, all of the beautiful things we talked about today and oh, some of your offers that you have right now that you want to share about all the beautiful things Uh, you can definitely find me on instagram at it's coach cat and i post about all the things i post about menstrual cycles human design coaching etc mindset so you can definitely hit me up on there if you love the podcast episode send me a message i'd love to hear from you and then when it comes to cycle specific work i do have two evergreen courses 
one is called Master Your Seasons. It's around two to three hours of video content that teaches you about the cyclical nature of our cycles and kind of the different strengths and weaknesses and different archetypes and elements, etc. So it's a beautiful course to dive really into the seasonal framework, cyclical framework. And then I have another course um, called Become Besties with Your Cycle, which I know you're in, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> It has 10 hours of video content, so it's way more in-depth. And it really, the goal of the course, it's the name says it all, is teaching you to become besties with your cycle. So it teaches you about your hormones, about hormonal imbalances, what you can do to bring hormones back into balance. It talks about the seasons and um, it talks about how you can really start to live your life in accordance to the different phases of your cycle. So it's, um, those are beautiful offerings. And then I have the three learn to track your cycle mini course that just teaches you how to use the month at a glance cycle tracker. And, um, soon there's going to be offerings, uh, for one-on-one coaching when it comes to menstrual Yay. cycle work. Yay. So definitely <laughs> make sure to find me on Instagram to stay on tune in tune for that up to date with that and uh, when I'm finishing my certification for life coaching there's also going to be a certification for hypnosis and emotion like timeline therapy so I have some ideas already how I'm going to bring that into this line of work so there's going to be some really juicy things coming in the near future oh that sounds so beautiful I will put all that information in the show notes so everyone can find you because your work is so needed I think you were one of the first people that like by you sharing about this stuff really got to me. So it's Mm -hmm. definitely needed for so many women. I love it. It's my 4-1 profile as well. I love that. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, that's a human design thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it basically means I'm meant to share with my network the things that I get really passionate and excited about. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. You are just such a beautiful example of embodying your design, embodying your true self. And I love it. And I'm grateful that you were here to share with my community as well. You had me. It's been so fun. Yay. Thank you so much, Kat. And I'm excited for everybody to connect with you. Thank you for listening to Evolve and Align. I know life is so full and there are so many other podcasts you could be listening to right now. So I absolutely appreciate more than you know that you're choosing to be here with me. If you found this episode inspiring, helpful, or expansive, I would love for you to leave me a five-star review and share it with someone who would be interested in listening. And I would absolutely love to connect with you. You can find me over on Instagram at thelimachelle the link is in the show notes and I welcome you to come and say hello and let me know what you loved best about this episode. Until then, I will see you on our next episode of Evolve and Align.